12 minutes after 8 on Wisconsin's Morning News. So glad you're with us on this Wednesday morning. I'm going to read you a quote to set the stage for the conversation we're about to have. It's about a drug shortage in the U.S. and skyrocketing costs due to it. This is a 36-year-old woman, uh, mother of one. She is quoted in USA Today. You You can't really compare it. But if there were a shortage of cancer drugs, there would be a lot more uproar than there is with the shortage of... And then this medication. The medication is for ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And she's right. There would be more of an uproar if we were talking about a drug that was to treat something else because of the stigma still attached with mental health disorders. And it's in part, I think, due to parents of of my generation, the Gen Xers, who are struggling still to understand how we feel about diagnosing mental health conditions in our children, about how we go about treating those. So I brought in my friend and classmate from Wauwatosa East High School, local pediatrician at Tosa Pediatrics in Wauwatosa, friend of the program, Dr. Tim Richer with us this morning. Morning, guys. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you, always. Uh, thanks for the treats. Tell your mom. Oh, thank yeah, you. <laughs> those Ma's special treats there. You're getting the bare bottom of the... Uh, this is what's left? Yeah, yeah there's a hierarchy to <laughs> that's candy. That's fine. You know, the toffee that's gone, you know. I'm so glad we're because because you and I are of the same generation. Our dads are like the same guy, different professions, but right. So true. So I want to. So st- true. I want to start our conversation with this, Doc. Uh, your dad was my pediatrician, and I think back in the day to some of the report cards I had in elementary school. My mom, we, we used to laugh because my mom saved one. First grade, Miss Rowan, Wilson Elementary, has trouble sitting still, makes noises during class, <laughs> bothers other students, difficulty staying on task. So if your dad were you and my mom brought me in and said any of these things to him back in the or today, for sure, at least on your radar, would be ADHD, right? Yeah, for sure. It'd be, it'd be on the radar. Um, I think a big part of that, too, and, you know, you look, you've obviously enjoyed a lot of success in your career, and here you are and all of that. <laughs> yes, so everything turned some, out great. <laughs> something worked out okay. But, um, you know, it's, it's not just a matter of, you know, the sitting still and the, and the not paying attention. It's, you know, how much does that really impact your schooling? And that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. So the next question I always ask, well, is it a big deal or not? I mean, is this just sort of a something they do or is it really getting in the way? You know, um, and if it's not getting in the way, well, then we kind of just stand by, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in the grade, in the grades to come. But you're right. Uh, back then, it just kind of, um, Life was different. We didn't know as much about ADHD as we do now. Um, you know, if you read about the history of ADHD, it's like, well, it's like reading about the history of concrete. It's not very, <laughs> it's really, it's really sexy read. Super exciting, <laughs> but it really, it wasn't really t- defined closely to what we have now until like 1980. And then, you know, there takes some time. So you were already in first, no. Yeah, barely first grade at that point. So, I mean, it takes time to make its way through medicine. It takes time to enter, you know, to enter the minds of educators and what they're going to do about it. So um, there were certainly those kids out there who literally could like were like a racquetball, you know, in a a room. But um, you really had it really had to be interfering, I think, a lot more back then um, to get recognized, partly because of the definition too, um, that then now for sure. So when you are are talking about young patients who come to your parents who come to you and we, we put this on the radar and you start working through that diagnosis do you do you feel from parents of our generation that apprehension as i kind of just described because we this wasn't around to the degree or or identified as such when we were kids and we you know start raising our kids like how we were raised right yeah i mean we, i mean that's how you learn right i mean you kind of you're you take the good and the bad from your parents right and then you apply those to your own kids and and Maybe not the, the bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> right? We pledge to leave out the bad, but we never do. 
No, Don't make me turn this car around. <laughs> no wooden spatulas. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, there's apprehension for a couple reasons. One, um, they think back to how life maybe was for them. Because mm-hmm. I always ask about family history, and inevitably somebody points to somebody sort of on the <laughs> yep. down low, like that yeah. that one has this problem. He, uh, um, or some will ad- admit it, and half the times, you know, the dads aren't there to defend themselves. Uh, but. <laughs> But anyway, um, you know, they have apprehension perhaps about their negative experiences with friendships and, and teachers and their struggles. Then now they have now they don't want that for their child, of course. And then they have to, you know, uh, think about, man, am I going to go so far as to try these medications on my kid, having had no experience myself, but I don't want them to suffer. They're really in a tough you know, in a tough place. And nobody likes the negative feedback from, from school, you mm-hmm. know, about their kids too. We want our kids to succeed and, and be loved. And, and that's part of the kicker too. These kids, teachers love these kids. I mean, they're not, they loved you, right? They didn't dislike for Vinny Vitrano. The others, right? The others, I mean, no, they, you know, they liked you. It's, it's just that um, they cannot sit still. And so when I get the reports from the teachers, they're always like, Johnny is the nicest kid. He makes tons of friends. He's always polite, but man, if I could just get him to sit still, you know, they're, they're well liked. And so, um, and, and, and now the parents are in this situation, this position of having to decide, well, gosh, am I going to, am I going to change his personality? Am I going to take everything I love about this kid and, and change it? Um, so yeah, they come in with a lot of apprehension about what to do. Talking with Dr. Tim Richer of Tosa Pediatrics, is every case of ADHD a, a candidate for medication, or do you look at them individually? No, everyone's an in- individual, and and I, I'm, maybe not everybody does it this way, but I am very certain to really go through the steps the way that they're meant to go through. We go through um, some score sheets, and yes, they're subjective, but it's kind of the best we have. There's no blood test for this. Um, I listen first. Honestly, I do almost all my ADD like. Um, um, writing um, well after the visit. I just I, I close a chart and I just listen, listen to what parents are saying, um, give the ch- the kids an opportunity to, to talk, um, go through the, the checklists. And then really what it comes down to is what I said earlier. You know, it's one thing to have symptoms. It's one thing to have comments on a report card. It's another for it to really be significantly interfering with your ability to be educated or your ability to get out of the house in the morning. You're because uh, it's not just school, right? It's home too. Sure. Chasing that ball into the street without thinking about it, um, or launching a firecracker at a friend—you know, For all these things, <laughs> these things that you do without thinking. That impulsivity is such a big part of it. So it really has to be interfering with life. So sometimes um, it's a matter of, hey, let's try this and this, and talk to the school, and and they have accommodations and things that they can put in place sometimes. But uh, in my practice, usually by the time they 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 come to me. They've tried all these things, and um, and unfortunately, that next step is a conversation about medication. But uh, but we certainly try all those other things first. Let's talk about why why we're seeing a medication shortage, and then of course the the ripple effects that that has on cost. Is it all ADHD meds, or is it just Ritalin? Or I'm not sure if every single one is on the list. But you know, the meds really haven't changed dramatically since it came out in the 50s. Um, there are non-stimulant choices too, but really the mainstay of treatment has always been the stimulants, Ritalin and Adderall, and 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 that's kind of how it's been now for 70 years. Um, the, the meds now are much better because they have different release patterns, and we've figured out how to go deeper into the day without side effects, you know, being quite as bad and whatnot. But when you have a shortage of stuff, it's they're either not making enough or we're using more of it, right? And I mean, it's, it's kind of that simple, storm, right? right? And in in this case, um, we have both. So. 
during COVID. Um, obviously, a lot more kids were diagnosed coming out of that just from the lack of structure for a year, year and a half, uh, depending on how long your child was out of school. Uh, more adults are being uh, diagnosed with it, so they're chewing up now some of the supply. Then you have um, production is probably not at um, uh, 100%, and you also have um, there are limits placed on production by the FDA. So it's sort of like, yeah, it's this perfect storm. And I, it's like COVID. It's like, are, are we living in America? Like, why can we not make more masks? Like, it's like how can we not just get... Here's the formula. Right. Somebody open I mean, a lab and let's honestly, crank this out. I mean, give me like a, a motivated sophomore chem major, <laughs> you know, in a lab, right? But I, it's obviously a lot more complicated than that. So um, so that's where we're at. And the reason the prices get higher is because there are non-generic, non-cheap versions of these medications out there, which also work very, very well. But out of pocket, those can cost hundreds of dollars a month, oh, a month. Right. So you really... So your the parent you discussed at the beginning is in a is in a bind um, if they can't get the only one available you know to them. Talking with Doctor Tom uh, Tim Richard, he is uh, Tosa Pediatrics in Wauwatosa. Uh, so what's the difference then, Doc, b- between someone say someone is used to being medicated, adult or child, someone who's been being treated, and then all of a sudden might be in a situation where they don't have access to these meds? Um, that can be oh, really yeah, difficult. It's it's, instant, it's instantaneous. Mm-hmm. I mean these. One of the things I like about the meds is they work right away, and I tell parents, hey, by the end of the week, you should notice a, notice a change for sure, if not a day or two. I tend to under-promise, hopefully, to over, over-deliver. So if the kid shows up on Monday with no meds, they will get an email. They will get an email for sure. Hey, Johnny, forget his Everything medication okay? yeah. Yeah, this morning. They'll know right away. Um, so, And every day that goes by, it's just you know one more where they're just not able to focus and, and get the job get the job done every day. Uh, what what long term is this a long term thing or are we gonna you know get get a catch up here pretty you quickly? You know I don't know. Yeah, you think they do geared up if if there's you know demand and obviously there's there's demand. Um, so but it takes obviously time to catch up and there's a lot of finger pointing of course too. So I just kind of there's nothing. I tend to worry about the things I can control, you mm-hmm. know, and 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 the medication shortage isn't one of them. But you know, unfortunately, I do have to put that. We put that on the parents. This pharmacy doesn't have it. Oh, you'll have to call around and find. And it happened to me yesterday, literally, um, where they're traveling, their 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 pharmacy's out of it, and you know they had, they found one in Oak Creek. So okay. here they are, dry, you know. Okay, I guess <laughs> I'm driving Oak Creek yeah. today. You know, it's because it's that it's that important, that important. So. Um, yeah, it's a it's a tough it's a just a it's it's a tough you know situation and the holidays tend to you know bring out the best in all of us so <laughs> no kidding those right? poor kids are you know bouncing around and there's no better way to maybe on my diagnostic sheets I should have like how how what was their behavior like at at Christmas dinner um, that's probably Is this holiday <laughs> enhanced right do we have the enhancement yeah, for right. for the Christmas right. last thing for you kind of loaded question and really general but just how are our kids doing. Post COVID, now we're we're out of that. We know that not having kids in school was, you know, people can argue over whether or not that was the right thing to do, but nonetheless, it had a disastrous effect on the mental health of our kids. Uh, For sure, I think they we've settled into a um, kind of like a kind of like a cruise control now, okay. um, but it's it's not necess- it's not a healthy one. Um, it, but now it's sort of this new normal. Um, kids, parents come in and they're like. How is this? Is just my kid? I, no, I'm. I have these conversations with people every single day, every, and they're like, "No way!" I'm like, every day, like every probably every morning and afternoon. So, I think 
Um, they're still struggling for all for the reasons everybody knows. Um, but they're they're seeking care, and um, we have great psychologists in town. We have um, uh, generally good uh, schools willing to do the work and getting the kids what they need um, from that perspective. Um, so it's there are plenty of resources around. I think, but I, to answer your question, I, they're doing okay, but they're 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 still struggling. And um, you know those 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 teens especially, they're they're dealing with a lot. And um, there's no worse age group, of course, to if you have ADD to not be treated, um, right. you know, what, what we definitely don't want more anyway. impulsivity in our teenagers, <laughs> right. you know, anyway. risky behaviors. Um, but they're, they're resilient. Um, and that's what makes the job so great. They just bounce back and they rally and it's, uh, that's, that's what keeps it fresh and fun. Dr. Tim Richard, Tosa Pediatrics. I was going to let you go, but I got a couple of questions here on the old National Bank Talk and right, Text. Fire away. Can, you stay, can you stay for five minutes? Let Absolutely. me take a quick break, and I do want to yeah. get an update from Debbie on the traffic situation in Washington County. 825 on Wisconsin's Morning News. 829 on Wisconsin's Morning News. We have Dr. Tim Richer is in the house. He's a pediatrician at Tosa Pediatrics. And I've got a couple of questions. We've been talking about the shortage of ADHD medication, why we treat children for that. How come we as kids never had that? And we kind of got through a lot of we that were conversation. Because that's probably why, right? <laughs> we were really good kids. Um, but I did get a couple of questions on the old National Bank talk and text line. Appreciate you sticking around, Doc. Um, one uh, person texted in, how young can children be diagnosed? says, I have a three-year-old grandson who is very different than any child I've raised. Raised three of my own, nine grandkids. Um, seems to go into like a bad place, can't get them out of it. I have to usually try to distract them. Um, so a lot of issues there. Yeah, I think it, can, it kind of depends on, well, I guess I'll answer that this way because, you know, not everything that looks like ADD is ADD. And this is actually probably a, maybe one of the most important points to take away from this conversation, frankly. I mean, ADD is, you can look distracted for a lot of reasons. Um, you could be, you could have sleep apnea and not be sleeping well at night. You could have horrible eczema and itching all day and you can't concentrate on math because your whole body itches. You could, um, um, have, you could, you could have anxiety, um, and be worried about who's going to pick you up after school. And so you're not thinking about, um, Shakespeare. Um, there are so many, there's so many things, right? That, or trauma. You, maybe you live in an environment where, um, you just don't feel safe. Um, and you're worried about going home to that place or, I mean, all of these things can, um, uh, masquerade as ADD. And so I think, um, I think the first thing I would do if I have a kid that goes into like a dark place and we just can't get him out of it and seems distracted all the time. I think what you have to do is have a conversation, you know, with that child and you have to have a conversation with that family about what else is going on. Um, because one of the things I didn't talk about is, you know, half of the kids with ADD are going to end up with depression or anxiety in their teens. It's 50% go on to have a mood disorder at the same time. So, um, and that's why doing this in the right order and meeting with the family and meeting with the child or caregivers who, and and getting feedback from teachers is so important because um, part of the diagnosis is making sure it's not something else um, that might be even more frankly important than some inattention in, in school. So, I think rather than focus on how young can it be, it can be young. The medications aren't approved usually in under six. Have I done it? I have. Um, but usually it's in, in, in children who just are really special circumstances. Um, so I think and when I hear dark place and can't get them out of it, um, I think to myself, somebody needs to just sit down and have a conversation with this child and family and figure out where those big feelings and, and where that 
dark place is coming from because there are resources out there. You know, and if ADD is a part of it, you can always thread in some treatment for that. But it might be, you know, discussing or having a conversation with a psychologist, honestly, mm-hmm. first. Um, and we're actually pretty blessed in Milwaukee. We It, it might seem like there's a shortage of psychiatrists uh, out there, but um, I think we actually do have a lot of resources when it comes to psychologists. And it's just a matter of, you know, getting in with them and learning, honestly, just how to talk to our children and how to, because it is different, you know, than our dads it and is. moms talk to us. It's <laughs> a lot more, um, tell me about better. that and <laughs> instead of just do this, you know, um, guilty right here uh, of the same. So um, I would strongly encourage that family to have a conversation with a pediatrician or family practitioner um, to talk about what they're seeing and let the practitioner dictate sort of what the next appropriate steps are. And if ADD is a part of it, fine, you can go down that road. But there may be something else there that we haven't thought of that is even more important to treat. Dr. Tim Richard, Tosa Pediatrics. Really appreciate your time. Great seeing you. My Come pleasure, always. We'll talk about something else next great, time. Yeah, sounds, sounds great. Anytime. Tell the family hello. 833 on Wisconsin's Morning News.